Welcome to MTG Ectoplasm, your home for spirit travel and magic the gathering. On this episode, I want to tell you who I think the top planes workers are in the current modern meta. Also, a magic YouTuber may have discovered magic product in a questionnaire. And finally, modern. I'm a little disappointed. Do I gotcha curious? I hope so. So let's get this episode started, shall we? Let's go. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me on this episode. I am your host, White, a.k.a. DeBlanco, a medium that wears an extra, extra large. You can reach out to me on Twitter at MTG Ectoplasm. I would gladly appreciate it. Please follow. Then you can reach out to me directly. Email me at mtgectoplasm at gmail.com. Let me know how am I doing. Am I doing a good job, a bad job, or I shouldn't quit my day job? And then finally, mtgectoplasm.com. That's right. I got my own personal website where I put the latest and greatest episodes up there. And if you want to donate or sponsor this show, you can do that there. And I would humbly, humbly appreciate it. Now, let me begin by saying I want to thank the thousand plus of you out there worldwide listening to the show, making it a worldwide sensation. I also want to thank a new country that's listening in, and that's Portugal. Obrigado por haver. That, that just means thank you for listening. All right. So now that the pleasantries are over and done with, I just have two minor requests from you, the listening audience. Just two, two humble requests. Are you ready? The first request I have is wherever you're listening to this ep- this episode or wherever you're listening to this podcast, do me a favor. Whatever streaming service you're using, there's usually a follow, subscribe, a like button. Hit that thing for me. I would humbly appreciate it because the fact that it just means more people are listening to the show. The second request I have of you is that the fact that you tell your friends, your family, whoever you play magic with, tell them to listen to the show. Give me a shot. Tell me what, uh, tell me what you guys think. That's why I have my emails. That's why I have my Twitters. Reach out to me and tell me what would you like to hear? What would you like me to improve on? That's what I'm here for. We're a community of magic, and this is my, my voice out to the world to share my thoughts and feelings. Now, I have a, an announcement that in between segment and one and two that I want to get into, uh, but that's in between segment one and two. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is now time for segment number one, numero uno. Now in segment number one, in the beginning, you heard me say, I want to bring up the top planeswalkers in the current modern meta. Now, it's kind of funny. I had to do some research. I had to go through my analytics. And, and then I it's like, you know what? Let me see what's out there. Who's playing what? How's everything playing down? How many are these are being played? Who, you know, what is in the top 10? What's in the bottom 20? Yada, yada, yada. And through so much research, 
I came up with this, and I hope you're excited. Now, in my honorable mentions, there are two. Here they are. In the B spot, now there's an A and B spot. In the B spot, this planeswalker is used in Golgari Yogmoth. And with a loyalty of three, it is Grist the Hunger Tide. Grist the Hunger Tide of one generic, one black, and one green. Now, this planeswalker was brought to us during Modern Horizons 2. And it's unique. It's different because of the fact that in the beginning sentence it says, as long as Grist the Hunger Tide isn't on the battlefield, it's a 1-1 creature, an insect creature, that is, in addition to other types. That's kind of crazy, ladies and gentlemen. If you think about it, you can fetch this just looking for creature search. Or you can play it with a Coco. That's kind of scary. Now, in my honorable mentions, a spot, the first spot, this card is being used in Green Tron. With a loyalty of seven, it is Ugin, the spirit dragon. Now, this card has been out in quite some time and has been making noise here and there, causing pure trouble for us, the spirit tribe. Now, the part that I don't like about Ugin is its plus two ability, where it deals three to any target. Now, unfortunately for us, the fact that it can do three to any of our creatures, it's devastating because the fact that all our creatures have a small booty, usually a one, a two, or three. And without lords, it gets worse. Then you got to consider, even though we have hexproof, its second ability, the negative X ability, exile each permanent with the mana value X or less than one of more colors. That sucks, because that basically can nearly wipe out our board. Even though as powerful as Ugin is, it is not the top, doesn't sniff the top five. It's in the honorable set, honorable mention section. So, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're curious. I hope you're going, holy crap. Chris the Hunger Time is an up-and-coming card, and it's, an, it's fun to see. Ugin, the one card, one of the few cards that we struggle with, hands down with the Spirit Tribe. What, what other cards, what other Planeswalkers are there that cause nothing but pure shenanigans? And I'll tell you, one of them we've used in the past. Now, in the number five spot, I selected Liliana of the Veil. That's right, Lily's back, a one generic and two black with three loyalty. This young lady is seen and played in Orzhov Stoneblade and in some Death Shadow. Now, the problem is with this card, 
is that in the past, it used to be the thorn in our side because the fact that it would, you know, target player would sacrifice a creature. So even though we had creatures with hexproof, they didn't target our creatures. So the hexproof was on a weight with. And the fact that, oh, the, they can make us discard. So if we had an answer to Lily, it, it screws us up. The last, the last part of it, the negative six, did nothing. But the plus one card forces us to discard. It's a problem. The negative two, target player sacrifices a creature. That sucks for us. Now, fortunately, thank God, we're seeing less and less of Lily. I think, honestly, right now, Lily is not in the best position in the meta, but she's still making noise. She's still out there, and no matter what we do, unfortunately, she's going to always be around. So there you go. Lily at number five. In the number four spot, Jace the Mind Sculptor. That's right. Jace the Mind Sculptor. The one card that got banned in Modern and made its way back to Modern to really piss a lot of people off. This Planeswalker, two generic and two blue of a loyalty, loyalty of three, is now in Crashing Footfalls decks. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The one deck that we thought we had answers with because the fact that what? Oh, that's right. We're using Chalice of the Void so we can answer those decks. Well, guess what they did? They decided, well, we're going to try to work around you and we're going to use Jace the Mind Sculptor. Too generic, too blue. Now, the main reason why this card is actually used in Crashing Footfalls is primarily for their zero loyalty and the zero loyalty is draw three cards then put two cards on the top of from your hand on top of the library in any order so basically it is nothing more than a brainstorm in modern that has been banned in others spots now that that brainstorm but thank god it's a little slower than just one blue mana Now, the, t the plus two ability, look at the top cards of target player's library, or you can uh, put it at the bottom of that person's library. Nobody cares. Nobody, nobody gives a damn. Now, one card, the one thing that may bother us, may, is the negative one ability, which is return target creature back to their owner's, their owner's hand. Now, if you've seen the current uh, build that Dr. Queller has, he has three phantasmal images. Well, what sucks is if, you know, you didn't copy a drug school captain and you don't have a drug school captain in play and they try to return it. Well, unfortunately for us, that creature dies. That phantasmal image dies. But I'm making you aware that in Crashing Footfalls, Jace the Mind Sculptor is making its way, and it's being used a lot. 
right now. That's why it's in the number four spot. In the number three, I chose... Karn the Great Creator. That's right, Karn the Great Creator. Now, I know some of you are like, well, Karn should be a little bit more up there. For four generic mana and a loyalty of five? He can do quite a bit. Of course, we've generally seen Karn the Great Creator in Green Tron and Eldrazi Tron. But what I'm finding, ladies and gentlemen, is that there's a new deck that's picking this card up. And that's Amulet Titan. I was completely unaware. I When I started doing research, I was like, are you kidding me? I couldn't believe it. Karn and Amulet Titan. I would have never thought I'd see the day. But it's there. Now, unfortunately... The only thing I believe that it affects us is that the activated abilities or artifacts your opponent's control can't be activated. So what artifacts do we use? Yeah. Now, the best part for us is that that's the only thing that affects us. Everything else, you know, it's meh. It doesn't affect us, but it's being used a lot in the meta, and it works to their benefit. It works a lot to their benefit so they can sit there and find their way to the victory, to get their victory by using its potential abilities. And since it's used a lot right now in G-Tron, Eldrazi-Tron, G-Tron, E-Tron, and Amulet Titan, This is a planeswalker you shouldn't underestimate. In the second spot, I selected. That's kind of funny. In the two spot, it's Ren and Six. That's right. Ren and Six. The two mana planeswalker, the one red, one green, the loyalty of three. Hands down, I personally hate this card. I loathe this card with all my heart. This card right now is being used in Warburg, Elementals, and Scapeshift. That's right. Scapeshift. A, car, a deck that we've barely seen, but now because of Warburg and also Elementals, the Elemental Tribe deck, it's now being seen. Now they're using Renin 6. Now, their plus one ability doesn't affect us too much. Return target, uh, return up to one target land card from your graveyard to your hand. Doesn't affect us. The part that does affect us is the negative one. Renin 6 deals one damage to any target. As I stated before, previously, is the fact that with Ugin, the booties of our spirits, unfortunately, are tiny. We have tiny booties. And because we have tiny booties, that means they can be targeted and they can be killed. So unfortunately, 
That sucks. And depending, if they have uh, some way to, let's say, uh, play an instant of sorcery, they can use the last ability with retrace to cause more problems. Now, there's a particular white card that I'm trying to uh, ephemerate. That's it. They can use ephemerate again by using last ability and then using fury. They can ephemerate the fury to do not only four but eight points of damage to our creatures. I'm just bringing that up because I just did an episode on the elemental tribe. And how wonderful that deck plays. And I understand why Ren and Six is being used in that deck. So right there, that's the second most popular and most used Planeswalker right now in Modern. In the third spot, sorry, sorry, in the final spot, in the number one spot, it is... The one planeswalker that is everybody just hates. And I don't know why. I actually like this planeswalker a lot. We've used them in spirits here and there. I like him. But I don't like him when he's used against us. He has a loyalty of four, one generic, one blue, one white. It's your friend, my friend, Teferi Time Reveler. Now, this Teferi is used in Control, Werborg, Elementals, and Scapeshift. And we did use them in Spirits. And why do we use them in Spirits? Well, let's go through it. Let's go what Teferi says. Each opponent can't cast spells. Sorry. Each opponent can cast spells only any time they could cast a sorcery. So basically, flash and instance are done, negatory. Not going to happen. With a plus one, until your next turn, you may cast sorcery spells as though they had flash. That's wonderful. So my sorcery spells have are flash? That's very, very nice. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now... If we were using uh, Prismatic Ending. Ooh. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. Prismatic Ending with Teferi Time Reveler in our spirit stack. Just throwing it out there. Sounds pretty sexy, right? Now the negative three. Return up to one target artifact creature enchantment to its owner's hand. Draw a card. Now this card was you this this last ability was used I usually primarily to return the spell caller back to their our hand so the card would disappear and then oh we could recast the spell caller It's not bad But in recent time I've seen some people use it to do skyclave apparition and I think that's interesting 
But this is a card that currently we have to be unaware. We have to be aware of. It's being used in a lot of decks. And a lot, I mean, by four, I say us, which is potential five, control, Urborg, elemental, scapeshift, and spirits. So you need to be aware that Teferi, our friend, may end up being one of our enemies. That's something to consider. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's segment one, where the top planeswalkers, I told you, honorable mentions, Gris the Hunger Tide in my B spot, Ugin the Spirit, uh, Ugin the Spirit Dragon, then number five, Liliana of the Veil, number four, Jace the Mind Sculptor, number three, Karn the Great Creator, two, Renin Six, and then one, the fairy time reveler hope you enjoyed segment number one now before i get into segment number two uh i don't know if you heard last um our last episode or my last episode but august 16th mark it down in your calendars it's supposed to be my 50th episode i'm making it my 50th episode and I'm doing something big. I'm doing something grand. I'm teaming up with Rec Productions. You've heard me talk about them before in previous episodes. Uh, they're friends of mine, uh, James and Kelly. And we're getting together, and they're going to help me stream my first episode live on Twitch. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Not only do you get to hear this podcast, but you get to see this podcast firsthand at rec, Produ- rec production studios i'm excited i got a little backboard i got myself a little coffee cup i may have a little other shenanigans who knows but i have a special guest and it is a spirit master i'm not gonna let the cat out of the bag until my final 49 episode I hope you stay around because I'm excited. I, I'm giddy. The people at Rec Productions are ex- excited. If you want to check them out, that's recproductions.com. That's W-R-E-C-K, the letter D, productions.com. They do podcasting, video stuff. Well, if you're like like a rock band, rock star, movie star, wanna you want to film something, these, these are the people that know how to do the stuff right. Big big fans of theirs and big friends of mine. Especially since we do a show with each other on Thursdays, 9 p.m. on Twitch Thursdays. You got to check it out. Rep Productions, their channel. Now, in segment number two. Ooh. Here are my hands. A YouTuber, a magic YouTuber whom you've heard me talk about before. I'm a big fan of his, and he's from Canada. This individual, who I'll give him him 100% credit if this ends up being a true thing, a true magic product. That individual is the magic historian. That's right, the magic historian. I would recommend looking him up. Follow him on YouTube. The gentleman provides great content, even though he has purple hair. 
I have I have black and white hair, so uh, who am I to talk? But he provides great, great content and lore. So if you're a person who likes lore and learning the backstories of certain things in Magic the Gathering, he's the one to go to, and especially rumors. He he can he grabs these things left and right, uh, usually just before I do, and it annoys me because it's like, damn it, I had it in my hands and you did it before me. It annoys me, but. I have to give credit where credit due, and that's the the magic historian. <clears throat> so, what happened is one day, what ha- happened is that the magic historian decided that he was going to do a Watsi questionnaire, and in this questionnaire, they tend to ask you things like, "What do you think of their products? How do you think things are going?" Uh, what things would you like to see? Um, there's, we have ideas for particular products. How about this particular product? Would you would you be curious to see this particular product? And they named a particular product. Potential product. Let me just put that there. Allegedly, a potential product. Now, Watsi doesn't just do these things willy-nilly. They just do it to make sure, like, Ooh, should we go out of our way to print this product? Or the fact that they've already printed the product ahead of time and wanted to gen- test the waters and say, are people ready for it right now? Or should we hold off a little bit more to make sure the climate is correct when we do it so people are, you know, enthralled, excited, you know, they're elated to buy this product. Now, I know some of you are going, Dwight, enough, enough already. Tell me, what is this particular product that this magic historian is talking about? It has to deal with Commander. Now, some of you are like, ah, Commander, I don't like Commander. Or some of you are like, ah, I love Commander. Yay, I'm a giddy boy or giddy girl. Well, it gets more interesting, ladies and gentlemen. Because this is a product that I'm interested in. I'm curious about. Because it has to deal with, and this is the product in general. Plane Chase Commander. I'm going to let that sink in. Plane Chase Commander. I'll give you three seconds. That's right. Plane Chase Commander. I'm a person who loves plane chase. I'm a giddy boy when it comes to plane chase. I can't get enough of plane chase. I remember the first time seeing a box of plane chase, I bought them all. I was like Pokemon. I had to get them all. And the crazy thing is, is that I didn't, I didn't realize how popular plane chase ended up becoming. It became like a little side thing that you would do with your friends or events at LGSs. Now, for some of you, you're like, what the hell is Plane Chase? Well, don't worry. I'm going to let you know what it is and how, potentially, the marriage of Plane Chase and Commander is going to happen. Now, will it give you a happy ever after? Well, we got to wait till that product is released. But let me begin by saying Plane Chase, okay, in its first form and in, in its true form, was a box in which they had a 60-card deck 
and had 10 planes. That's right, planes, because we're like planeswalkers. We, we bounce from plane to plane to plane, just doing our magical thing. Right now, we're observing Teferi, kind of weird that I just did, you know, did an episode of it, but watching Teferi, uh, Liliana, uh, Karn, we get to watch these characters go through different planes and learn to live and adapt and fight and battle and love and so on and so forth. We're doing the same thing, but with a 60-card deck. Now, with the 60-card deck, not only did it come with 10 planes, it also came with a six-sided die, but there were only two sides that were marked. The other four had no marking. I know it sounds kind of weird, right? So two sides of the the dice had markings. Now, these markings were tied with the planes. You had What happens is that the planes, the 10 planes that came with the deck, had a thing called chaos. And if you rolled the chaos, that plane gave you an additional ability. For example, uh, it allowed you to draw two cards, and that was it. Or the fact that it gave your creature indestructible or it made your opponent discard their hand or it gave you more mana or allowed you to go fishing for a, a, a basic land card and put in the play untapped, stuff like that. That's what that chaos did on that card. And if you rolled the D6 and you got that, that's what you could do. Now, the other marking that was on that dice was a planeswalk, meaning that you could go from one particular plane and go to a different so a different spot. So one moment, you're in the world of Zendikar, and then you can find yourself in a marketplace of Kaladesh. Next thing you roll, and then you're in the uh, harbor of uh, Ixalan. And then next moment, you're in the mountains of wrath. Kind of weird, right? But pretty interesting. Now, how it was played is that you were supposed to take the 60-card deck and use your 10 cards, and that's how you would battle your opponent. They would have the same thing. They would have their own 60-card deck and their planes. And you would follow each other through different planes, and you would... Try to see who would win. Now, that's how Watsi created it. Now, I, on the other hand, said, to me, it makes no sense where my opponent is a planeswalker, I'm a planeswalker, and we're on two different planes battling each other. It made no sense. It was nonsense. So I decided I'm going to take all the planes, make it one giant colossal plane, uh, plane shift, or uh, uh, plane chase thing. And if it was negative to one person, oh, well, they better roll the die and plane cha- you know, planes walk out of there, or if not, they're going to find themselves stuck. And it led to really interesting and also some bad gameplay, but it was a lot of fun. And the cool thing, too, is I remember there was an event, uh, a pre-release, and they were given away one of these plane chase cards, free. 
that card ended up becoming like a $50, $60 card because the fact that you couldn't buy it anywhere. It was free. Watsy just gave it out like, oh, here's a pre-release, here's your pre-release card, and here's a pre-release plane chase thing. And most people didn't give a damn. They threw it out. They wiped their back end. And I kept mine. I had no clue what it was for, but I was excited for it. And then later on, they ended up making more and more and more. So I think there's like an additional maybe seven or eight other planes that are not part of the package. Now, originally, there was a, when Plane Chase 1 came out, there were four decks and four, I'm sorry, uh, 10 planes in each deck. And they ended up making Plane Chase 2, which you had four more decks with 10, uh, four more decks with 10 more planes within. So you had a total of, uh, I believe, 40 plus planes that you could travel through different right a lot of fun and then with all the little other ones that you try to you know did you go to events and you'd get from watsi it made the experience uh exuding i I, it's one format that i can't get enough of and i wish watsi would make more but they potentially they are but they're going to make it now specifically commander that's right this breaks my heart a little bit because i'm used to playing 60 card with plane chase but they decided in their infinite wisdom they're going to go for commander why because commander is the most popular format in all of magic now what we will see is that these plane chase cards these planes will do something specific with the commander saying, oh, well, when you roll a chaos, your commander uh, is unblockable. Or uh, may, or if it maybe uh, does that Terry's, Teferi's protection where it gives your creatures uh, phasing. They could do different things specifically for that particular deck that's used. For plane chase, for that commander plane chase. Now, to me, that that's disheartening because the fact that I would like to add them into the the group of plane chase cards I get I have, but there's a reason why Watsi may end up making this. Because what happens is that they can only make a certain amount of money with commander. They can only make a certain, you know, they're constantly having R&D, make cards up, yada, yada, and then they have to reprint cards. Now, as we know, you know, I know, we both know, and the person that's listening to the show in the background also knows that the fact that as soon as you get, like, one of those pre, you know, pre-constructed kits, you rip it apart, and next thing you try to buy other cards or trade with your friends to make that deck much, much better instead of keeping it in its standard form. So how much money does Mati make after that, after they sell that kit? Not much, because the fact that we're buying them for, what, $20 or $40? So Mati doesn't make anything after that. So they're thinking, hey, how can I make money outside of just selling cards themselves for that particular deck? 
well, let's come up with a modifier, something that's outside the game that can be used within the game. That's the reason why they're doing this, if they decide to do this. And I think it's a brilliant idea. I may not pay, play as much Commander uh, as my friends do. I may not have the uh, enthusiasm as many friends or other players have for Commander. But this is a particular product that I am excited about. This, If there is such a thing that they potentially make a play chase commander. Wow. I can see this being a world of fun. So tell me what you think. Email me at mtgectoplasm at gmail.com. Let me know. What are your thoughts? Should they make a play plane chase commander? What do you think it'll look like? Did you have fun with the previous plane chase? And did you do the same thing as I did? Put them in a giant lump together and, battle throughout the planes and see who was the best player in your group? I would love to hear from you. mtgectoplasm at gmail.com. Let me know. So that was segment number two. Now in segment number three, we need to have a heart-to-heart. I did an episode a while ago called Disappointment because I was a little disappointed with the fact that how I did not like how Watsy was making certain cards and really poo-pooing certain decks. They, you know, certain decks were an afterthought. And if you haven't been around, I have a friend of mine called Dr. Tom. And Dr. Tom has this unique phrasing where he has he states that Watsy is under no obligation to make me happy. And they're right. He's 100% right. Pisses me off to say it, but he's 100% factual about it. Well, as I was doing research for this uh, Planeswalker episode, I looked at spirits and I saw something that the first time it shocked me what happened. Since the first time, I'd say since Modern Horizons 2 was released, Spirits, the Spirit deck in Modern, is less than 1% of the meta. Last week, Spirits was the 11th most played deck, and now it's the 38th most played deck in Modern. Now, 38th, but it's tied. It's tied there with a whole bunch of other decks. Now, I know some of you are going, well, Dwight, you know what? The meta right now is not in a great position for spirits. Okay. There's so many other decks out there. There's more fun decks. You, you, you said it yourself, that Elemental's Tribal deck, it played like butter. It, it was no... It was a, I'm not going to say it was a no-brainer deck, but it was one of these decks that you fell in love with. I'm not going to lie. It's the truth. I enjoy that deck. But I don't give up my deck. I don't give up spirits at all 
for the next hot sexy thing. Because guess what? The grass isn't greener. The grass isn't always greener on the other side. Because there's potential there something may happen eventually that may cause that deck to go down like ours. And I know many of you are going to be going, Dwight, it's the meta. It's the meta. Why are you arguing? Why, why are you being upset? Why are you being disappointed? What's going on from being 11th to 38th? And you know what it, is, what it is, ladies and gentlemen? I have pride. I don't believe in giving up. I, I'm the type of person that gets, you know, punched and I get knocked down. Well, I get back up and I keep moving forward. And I keep on moving forward. I get knocked down. I get back up and move forward. If I'm going to fail, I fail forward. I never fail backwards. And I say this because I think spirits still can be played in modern. And I don't want anybody to give up on this deck. What I think we knew we need to do and we need to take a heart and heart, you know, be honest with ourselves. Take a heart, you know, look at our hearts. Take, be introspective on this. I watched an individual the other day. He said something brilliant. He said, you know what's kind of funny? That our nose is above our mouth. But if we didn't brush our teeth for like four or five days, everybody around us could tell us that our breath stinks. But it's kind of funny. Our nose can't tell us even though it's above our mouth, that our breath stinks. Can't tell us. So what does that mean? That we need to look within ourselves, take an introspective of ourselves to find out why we stink. Now, I'm not going to sit there and tell you, it's you, the player, who sucks. Never. I will never, ever do that. That's awful. That's an awful thing to say to a person. But we need to look at ourselves and go, what's going on? What can I do to better myself, to better this deck? Is it the deck itself or am I, you know, doing some stupid misplays? Am I not, you know, am I thinking one step ahead when I should be thinking three steps ahead? What am I doing? And what I'm going to ask you, ladies and gentlemen, is that I want you to look at this deck. I want you to look at your band deck. I want you to look at your Azorius deck that you're playing in modern. And I want you to think about it. How would you, what would you do to fight in this meta? What would you add in your sideboard? Hell, if you don't like how it plays in the, the, in the main, your main deck, what would you change in your main to better it, to make sure you had the potential of victory. If you're saying too slow, fine. That's cool. What's stopping us from adding uh, mana dorks? Nothing. What's stopping, you know, if, if, they're, if they're killing our creatures, what can we do to, to make them stop killing our creatures? Counter spells, hex proof, uh, one, one more. What I'm asking you, ladies and gentlemen, is that it is now time 
to take a heart to heart and look and adapt and find the answers we need in modern to get our victory. If we can't adapt with the current deck that we have, then it may be now time to rebuild and rethink spirits. I don't think it's necessary. You'll hear me out right now. I don't think we need to rip spirits completely apart 110% and then rebuild. I don't think it's necessary. But I don't think it's time to quit this deck either. I think this deck is real. I think this deck has potential. There's so much opportunity this deck can do because of the fact of its interactivity against our opponent and the fact that we can protect ourselves with hexproof or indestructible. And I'd hate to see this deck being put down to the 38th spot in a meta. This deck deserves better. And I'm counting on you. I'm asking you. If I got to be your Uncle Sam and point the finger at you and go, I want you. I want you to play spirits. I want you to kick ass. And if you can't figure out why what's going on, let's get to these communities. We have Reddit, damn it. We have, Disc we have our Discord. Why can't we make this deck top? Yeah, the meta sucks right now. Who cares? We push forward. We fail forward. That's the fun part of magic. I don't want to be one of these people that goes, oh, I'm switching decks real quick because it's easy for me. Then were you a spirit fan to begin with? I'm just asking. Am I wrong for asking that question? I want to believe in you, ladies and gentlemen. In this, when I do my shout-out section, it's me being your cheerleader, me going, bravo. Bravo for kicking ass. Thank you for proving spirits is the best. Congratulations. I'm your number one fan. I pray the Lord that I never, ever become a master. I don't care to become a master or a grandmaster. All I care about, ladies and gentlemen, is the love of Magic the Gathering and pushing forth a deck that I truly enjoy playing. If you're going to label me anything, label me a specialist. Because I have specialized in this deck since the day that uh, Drug, School Captain, uh, Drug School Captain came out and also when Supreme Phantom actually showed its face in M19. When the modern deck actually took root for spirits. I'll be that specialist. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to go out there this coming week, take your deck out, take the cobwebs off of it, and kick ass. And do research. Do I, what do I got to change? What do I got to adapt? What's going on? I just saw a gentleman right now who I'm going to shout out in my next shout out section who ended up going 
with an Azorius build. And if that individual can do it, then why can't you? I, I guess I see Andre Seguera, the spirit master, doing it. I see Dr. Queller constantly doing this. I see Remth constantly doing this. I see other players left and right doing this. You can do it too. I believe in you. Please don't give up on spirits. Don't. Don't. And I'm going to shout you out one day. Because that's how much I believe in you. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for being around. I appreciate it. So when next time you're kicking your opponent's ass, make sure you make them say, that's Bushit. I'll see you guys next time. Later. Later.